ready to talk sports with Daryl and Sam. Welcome to Sports Info UM, featuring Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. These guys know the sport like nobody else. From former players to coaches to the great figures of the NFL, you'll get the inside scoop on what's going down today in football and other sports. Now, here's Daryl and Sam. but USC still was ranked very high at number two. Took on a Stanford team that has had their number the last three years. And uh, you want to get into the outcome of that and, and let all our listeners know. They already know the outcome, but uh, just talk about that game a little bit. Well, I tell you, man, um, Matt Barkley looked really good. However, Stanford did what they did with Andrew Luck. The team didn't look any different than they did a year ago with Andrew Luck. They ran the ball hard. They pounded you inside. And they, they looked like they were a little bit more physical than USC the entire game to me. Uh, definitely, uh, you know, when you can run the ball like Stanford run the ball. And uh, you got they got steady quarterback play there. Uh, their defense harassed Matt Barkley uh, all game afternoon. And, you know, today Coach Kiffin came out and said that uh, his, his – uh, Heisman candidate quarterback made two very poor decisions. And, uh, you know, just looking at the game and watching the game, he uh, threw two picks back-to-back, and it kind of really hurt his team. He tried to force some throws in there. And, you know, when you're a quarterback, you have a big-time arm. Sometimes you have a tendency to try to thread the needle, and uh, it ended up costing his team uh, dearly. Uh, you know, USC led at the half 14-7. to And, uh they didn't score score after that. But uh, you also have to credit Coach David Shaw and his Stanford team for being ready to play. You know, a lot of the talk centered on USC uh, being back and possibly playing for a national championship. And uh, Stanford went out, and like you mentioned earlier, they went out, they ran the football, they controlled, cr- controlled the line of scrimmages on both sides of the ball, and that's the recipe for success. Well, I think once, one of the things that you look at, um, the guy – the guy that transferred from Penn State, he got hurt early in the game, didn't really play at all in the second half. But when you look at the rushing attempts, USC only had, they had less than one yard per rush. And then when you look at Stanford, they had 5.5. You know, they controlled the ball and they ran the ball very, very well. I think their offensive scheme was a whole lot more productive than, than the USC's, USC's plan. And they also won the turnover battle. You know, when uh, a lot of times when you can run the football and stop the run, you're going to have a chance to be in any game. And and then when you win the turnover battle, it, it increases your chances of a uh, of victory. And uh, you know, Stanford had over 400 yards uh, of total offense, but when you can run the ball for 200 yards, you're 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 definitely controlling the clock, the tempo of the game. And when you hold your opponent to 26 yards rushing, you're going to be very successful. Yeah, you know, Sam, this is a, a game that really just caught me off surprise, caught me by surprise, man. To see Virginia Tech lose to Pittsburgh and a struggling Pittsburgh team who's been struggling for the last couple of years, that that just really shocked me. Um, you, you just just didn't expect it. 
especially to a, a Pittsburgh team that uh, lost to a Cincinnati team uh, last week. You know, uh, Cincinnati did a good job last week of uh, beating them. But you know, that's a credit to any coaching staff when you can get your your young men that are that are on your team to come back from defeat and to prepare for the next game that's on the schedule. And you know, it's never easy playing Virginia Tech and uh, Pittsburgh. They did a great job of at home being at home and, and getting the win, fighting back. Uh, from adversity in the Cincinnati game. So you got to kind of just tip your hat to them because uh, when you play a Virginia Tech team, you're going to get a battle for 60 minutes. Well, I tell you, man, Pittsburgh has a very, very special player. This guy, Ray Graham, he hurt his knee last year, didn't play at all last year. He came back this year, and, I mean, he is a very, very special player. He he only he ran for 100, he ran for 94 yards or 24 carries, but this is a guy you better watch, and I'm telling you, he's probably going to be the highest, highest draft pick from the, um, from the Pittsburgh program this year for sure. But Frank Beamer, man, it just – Think I just have to think that this team had to overlook Pittsburgh in some some shape, form, or fashion because there's no way that that you just don't see them losing 35-17 to a team that just comes from out of nowhere. Pittsburgh has not been a powerhouse team. Not saying that Virginia Tech has been dominant in the last two years, but this I just didn't see this one coming. Well, well you, you you just said it. They have a special player in uh, Mr. Graham, and when as a team you can run the ball for 254 yards and you limit your opponents to 59 yards rushing, that's, a, that's an advantage for you. When you control the clock when you have the ball for over 38 minutes that's a recipe for success and when you win the turnover battle you're going to have scores like that you know no matter how great of a team you are if you don't protect the football if you don't run the ball well and stop the run you're going to have a tough time winning that's true you know um i want to talk about this game though the louisiana monroe auburn game last week louisiana monroe toppled um, Arkansas, uh, uh, SEC powerhouse, right. and this week they go to Alabama to to play another SEC powerhouse and took them into overtime, 28-21, 28-28 in the final, was a final in the fourth quarter, and they went into overtime. Louisiana Monroe tried to kick a field goal and missed it. Auburn went, got the ball. Made their field goal after a couple of plays. Didn't even make an effort to uh, score a touchdown. They just tried to get themselves in the middle of the field to score a field goal. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, the University of uh, Louisiana Monroe, they're definitely on the map now. They beat a tough Arkansas team. Well, an overrated Arkansas team coming into the season. They had uh, SEC championship aspirations and national championship aspirations. And uh, they took Auburn down to the wire on the road. And, and um I guarantee you they have people's attention now, and uh, teams are going to think twice before they schedule them and pay that $750,000 to a million dollars <laughs> to get them to come for that easy victory. You know, when, when you're paying a team that type of money, you want them to come, enjoy the atmosphere, <laughs> and uh, take their pounding and go home. You don't expect them to put up a fight. I don't think they read this fine print. <laughs> hey, there was a situation in the Southeastern Conference I'd like to get your guys' opinion on. The Southeastern Conference suspended free safety D.J. Swearinger for a game after his hit to uh, the head of a defenseless UAB receiver. Now, when you looked at the previews, Steve Spurrier wants to argue it, saying it went into his shoulder pads and the inadvertent carry-through went to the head. But, uh, you know, they're getting very, very strict this year on the uh, helmet or head down and spearing. 
Well, that's in college. You know, I, I, I'm surprised at that in college. You very rarely see college guys get suspended for games or for actions that happen on the field. Most of the time, when college guys get suspended it's for something that happened off the field. So that surprises me. How do you feel about that, Sam? I think the SEC got the call right. You know, there's there's just no place for it in the game of football at any level, uh, especially with all of the um, concussion issues that we have going on in the NFL. And uh, defenseless was the key. You know, there, there's one thing to hit a guy and maybe right. lower your head, but when a guy's coming across the middle or, or is looking for the ball and, and do not and don't see you coming to hit him, I mean, hey, I, I think they got it right, even if it grazed the shoulder pad and it was on the carry through. There's just no place for it, and maybe this is this not maybe it's going to get it's going to get guys' attention and it's going to make coaches do a better job of teaching tackling techniques. DJ Swearinger, a really important player for Steve Spurrier and the uh, South Carolina Gamecocks. Because uh, during this year he's had a uh, run uh, interception, run back, and and some other plays, so he will be an impact player that'll be missed. And like you guys said, I think it's going to have a very big impression. You're listening to Sports Info UM. That's for University of Miami, University of Michigan, depending who's talking first. <laughs> Sam Sword of the University of Michigan, national championship caliber football player from a national caliber football team. And then you've got Daryl Oliver, the University of Miami. Yep, the very first Hurricanes national championship he played on that team. Both of them went on to the pros and playing that, and they're full of opinions. But guess what, folks? You can have your opinion, too, right here on Sports Info UM. Just dial 386-523-1380. Sam? Hey, uh, you know, another game that, that caught my attention, and uh, I don't like either of the teams personally being a Michigan uh, grad. It's the Notre Dame-Michigan State uh, oh, yeah. game on uh, Saturday night. Uh, just a, a tough football game that Notre Dame found a way to win, 20-3, to three, uh, you know, going on the road. Michigan State, uh, some analysts said that Michigan State probably had the toughest defense outside of the SEC, the mighty SEC programs. And, uh, you know, Notre Dame, they went on the road. It's, it's always tough to go on the road and uh, and win a game. And uh, Michigan State is one of those teams that has had Notre Dame's number in the past. And, uh, you know, Notre Dame went out and got a victory. And uh, they got Michigan coming up this week and Miami down the road. So uh, what do you think about that, Daryl? I think uh, I think Coach Kelly's done a, a wonderful job with that team, getting those getting some serious athletes at the program. And you know, Coach Kelly had a reputation of when he while he was at Cincinnati of thugging up his team a little bit. You know I mean, and what I mean is uh, he went he went for some some guys that were not so crystal clean in their in in their behavior. And when you look at this Notre Dame team, man, I think he's thugged this team up a little bit. And I don't mean that in a such a a bad way, but let's just wait and see what happens with the Notre Dame team and Coach Kelly. Didn't their um, the radio play-by-play man get suspended for uh, Pinkett for mentioning that? You know, uh, gotta no, be yeah. careful. No, no. No, Notre Dame got a lot of power. They just joined. They, the, do. they just joined the ACC conference in all sports besides football. Come on. They, they will be playing uh, five games versus the ACC football uh, team. So uh, you know, it, Notre Dame. The brand, you know, what, what more can you say? Uh, people uh, talk about, hey, they're dodging the uh, Big Ten, they're dodging this conference or whatever. But Notre Dame has a system that works for them. They went over to um, to play Navy in uh, in Ireland this year. Uh, that was probably a hundred million dollar profit for the university. Uh, it it kind of worked. 
works out for them in the ACC, uh, smaller universities, uh, academics is very important. And uh, it'll be interesting to see, but uh, they will be going down this week. You heard it here first, folks. All right. Well, we, <laughs> we're in the great state of Florida. We've got to hear about our FSU Seminoles. Are they for real? 52 to nothing over Wake Forest. I'm just surprised. I thought they'd win, but uh, pretty wide margin there, Sam. I mean, excuse me, Daryl. I want to talk to the Miami guy. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man. You know, we play Florida State this year. And yeah. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, University of Miami has selected Florida State for its homecoming. So um, I'm, hmm. I'm I'm a little concerned about that, especially after watching that victory over the weekend. And Florida State looks really good. Jimbo Fisher. You know, I, I've said some things about this guy. I wasn't sure he was ready to take over the reins at Florida State. But I think he's um, I think he's put together a really good team, and it's not going to surprise me to see them in the hunt for it all at the end of the season. See, that's the key. This is his team. This is this who is he has team. recruited. These are it's all on him. Yeah, and, and you know, uh, we, we've heard some talk here. Some uh, I ain't gonna, I'm not going to say Jimbo bashing, but uh, you know, I, 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 I've bashed. Him I a thought times. I thought Jimbo is he's doing a good job of recruiting, but uh, you know, to me, uh, a great story in that uh, game is uh, Chris Tom. And, you know, he's he broke his back last year against uh, Wake Forest. And uh, obviously that was on his mind because he ran with a purpose. The young man finished with 197 yards and a couple touchdowns on nine carries. And, I mean, when you run the ball like that and have that type of average, it's going to be tough to beat you. And, I mean, oh, yeah. Florida State just gave him a 1-2 knockout, and it, and it was over. Yeah. They look really good. I know, No joke. Hey, but uh, I guess the game that I, that I was surprised at a little bit is West Kentucky uh, took down Kentucky, another SEC team going down, man. And um, that really surprised me. Here's another one of these teams, got paid money to come and play. But they took down a, a powerhouse, a, a former powerhouse. You know, Kentucky used to have a serious program. But when in the fifties, uh, in the seventies, they had some pretty good teams there, man. In the eighties, they had some decent teams too, and they beat some teams on and off in the SEC. Uh, okay, before we before we talk about the the powerhouse uh, Kentucky basketball program, <laughs> we're going to take this call. Go ahead, caller. But you guys aren't going to get out of the Florida Gator game now. I, I want to know how uh, you feel if they're real. Okay, here we go. This is Sandra calling in, and you. Called it Reach Back something? Yes, Reach Back Foundation. All right, very good. And this is for Daryl Oliver. Hey, yes. Sandra, how are you? I'm hanging tough. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Sandra, who's your team before we go any further? Who, who's your who's your college or pro football team? Uh, it's football Tampa season. Bay and Miami. Of course, I'm going with the Florida teams. I'm a Floridian. All right, Miami Hurricanes, Miami Dolphins. Dolphins, yes. All right, all right. They won yesterday, and you're a Tampa Bay fan. Yes. Uh, and they lost yesterday, but they won yeah. their first I game. Know. How yeah. about, how about yeah. college, Sandra? Well, that's tough. I would want to say... Michigan. Where did you go to college, Sandra? Well, I went to school at FAM. Family. Okay. okay. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yep. Sandra, tell us a little bit more about the, uh, the Reach Back Foundation. Yes, the Reach Back Foundation been in existence since 2000. We do quite a bit of community outreach. We had a summer food program for anywhere from 70 to 100 kids a day during the summer. We give them clothes, food, school supplies, and different things of that nature. But we also had a uh, food pantry that gave food to over 4,000 people a month, and we were featured on Channel 9 two weeks ago. 
because we were located at a church utilizing their children's church, and they're in the process of building a Head Start program there, and due to the construction, last Friday was our last day of distribution there. So we found a new building. We just have to raise the money to get it. So we just wanted to reach out to the community, let them know what the situation is. We have veterans, single parents. We have a senior citizen that's 93 years old. I mean, we get people with referrals from all over Central Florida that comes to our food pantry. So it's a very critical situation uh, for that many people to do without the food that we've been giving them. And how can how can our, our um, listeners uh, reach you? Uh they can go and they can donate on our website, which is www.reachbackfoundation.com, or they can give me a call at 321-217-7017. Reachbackfoundation.com. That's the best way yes. to do it. Okay. And yes. uh, we appreciate you calling and letting us know about this. How long has this organization been in existence, Sandra? It's been in existence since 2000. And, and we are a 501c3 nonprofit, and that's been in place for over a year. Where is the home base for Reachback Foundation? Orlando. Orlando, very good. It sounds yes. like a worthy goal to do that. Uh, yes. Overall, you've been uh, serving a lot of children then. Yes, children, single parents. I mean, what people don't realize, when you do a children's program, you're bringing in the whole child. I mean, if a child come in and you see they have needs of clothes, additional food, school supplies, you take on all of that. You know, it's more to it than just giving them a meal. And that's what our objective is, to have a lifelong positive impact on these kids' lives. Thank you, Sandra. We'll be out. We'll be looking forward to helping you and the Respect Foundation. Thank you again. All right. Take care. Thank, Thank you. Right, we'll be right back with more Sports Info U.M. Livingston, Warrington, and Sword, PA, a full-service law firm located at 20 Airport Road, Suite A, Palm Coast, Florida, serving Volusia, St. John's, Flagler, and Putnam Counties, practicing in the areas of bankruptcy, divorce, and child support, injunctions, criminal defense, foreclosure defense, real estate, probate, and general business litigation. Need help? Call Livingston, Warrington, and Sword, PA, at 386-437-5833. The number again. Again, it's 386-437-5833. For an appointment and mention this ad, and your consultation is on the house. Livingston, Wolverton, and Sword, PA, Attorneys at Law, the obvious choice. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. Has your insurance been canceled or non-renewed? Have your premiums increased dramatically? Are you looking for a new agent? Why don't you call Accord Insurance located in Palm Coast, Florida today? Accord Insurance offers home, flood, auto, business, life, and health insurance at affordable rates from A-rated carriers. Talk to an Accord Insurance agent today. 386-447-8950 or www.accordinsurancepalmcoast.com. 
Accord Insurance, Volusia and Flagler County's premier insurance agency, providing you with quality insurance you can afford. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 386-523-1380. That's 386-523-1380. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Sports Info UM. Hey, Sam, let's talk a little bit about our Florida schools. Both of us live in this great state of Florida. University of Miami beat Bethune-Cookman Wildcats, Bethune-Cookman University Wildcats on Saturday. Um, I think the final score was 38-13. to 13. It was a whole lot to not nearly enough. Yeah, not it nearly was. You know, not but nearly enough. that's your but alumni, the though, man. The Wildcats scored first. <laughs> so, so you guys were actually trolling it out. Hey, but uh, <laughs> a, another game, you know, used to be one of the um, the biggest rivalries in the SEC. The Florida Gators uh, went down to Tennessee. A lot of people thought that uh, this was the year that Tennessee would actually beat Florida. Florida coming into the game won seven consecutive games. You know, it's not much of a rivalry when you. Win Win like that, but uh, you know, a lot of people, man. You know, Florida's really got my attention. Uh, Jeff Jeff uh, Driscoll, the uh, all-world recruit from a year ago, it's uh, he's starting to grow on me. You know, he won a tight quarterback battle and uh, he led his team to victory through two 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 touchdown passes. And uh, when you can run the ball for 300 plus yards, it's going to be hard. To, to lose to anybody. This is true. Ranked number 18, beating the number 23 Tennessee. Where do you think, Sam Sword, that the Florida Gators will move up to as far as rankings? I can see them moving into that 13 to 15 range. You know, some people still, uh, still is probably not so, but uh, I'll tell you what, uh, if the kids continue to buy in the Coach Muschamp system, uh, he had a lot of work cut out for him after uh, Urban Meyer defected the program, and uh, I think he's doing a great job. I'm not a Gator fan, but I, I'm really becoming a fan of the coach. Uh, you know, he's instilling discipline in the program. He's going to continue to get the type of young men that he wants in the program that uh, that he wants to play for him and the vision that he have for the for the Gator program. And uh, you know, they just have to stay the course. He got rid of some players. Uh, that that wasn't buying into the system, and uh, I, I think the only place the Gators can go is up. You said thirteen to fifteen. Yes, they're fourteenth. Hey, hey, <laughs> if you add them up and divide by two, <laughs> right there. Hey, but I, I really look at Coach Muschamp as um, he he still hasn't proven himself to the real Gator fans. I think he's he's a yelling a screamer, and I don't think those kind of coaches are, are, are very productive coaches in, in football anymore. And you see him yelling and screaming constantly on the sideline. I think this is, this is one of those things that kind of sets this program, sets him back a little bit. But on the other hand, 
I really think we're watching the last days of Coach Dooley at Tennessee. You know, this guy has had an opportunity to do some things at Tennessee. He's just come up short for the last three years. And him losing to Florida um, Saturday did not help his cause at all. And I think we're seeing his last days at Tennessee. Well, you know, you talk about how fiery Muschamp is right now. How about Lou Saban? Up 52 to nothing, and his linebackers had a, you know, second-string linebackers didn't have a play, and he was out there yelling on the field and pointing, jumping up and down. He's a pretty intense coach, too, and look at the results there. I, I'm, I'm going to tell you about Coach, I, Coach Saban is in a different class. You know, he's he's in a class all by but himself. But he's a yellow and a, he's he's a, a yellow, yellow and he's a screamer. He's in a class all by himself. He's won championships. That's what separates him. You can yell and scream when you win championships. But when you're still living off of what you did at Texas and you're living off of what Urban Meyer did at Florida, he really has not established himself in Gainesville yet. Well, give him and a couple years and he'll have his I hope he. I hope he makes a couple years. I, I yeah. agree. It, it takes time. And, uh, you know, you're saying living off of what Urban Meyer did. You know, yeah, Urban, Urban Meyer. Urban to cover pretty he, he, nice. No, no, he did not. Yes, he, he did. That, that's why Urban got out of there, Come you on. know. Urban saw what was coming, you know, when you lose five, six games in a row. I mean, that that's not Florida football. You're talking about a great program. Urban Meyer left that program in a sad state, you if, you, if you ask me. Kidding. You, you got to be you kidding. You got to be kidding. Well, when you look at the Gators, pound for pound, those athletes look like players, man. When you look at them on the hoof, these guys look like players. No discipline. Urban Meyer's going to do the same thing to Ohio State that he did to Florida. I hope so. He go out, he, he, <laughs> he recruit any type of kid. He, he don't really... Um, Character you know, doesn't ca- matter. Character counts, man. No, it doesn't matter to Urban. But before we leave college, you know, we're about to wrap up our college segment. You know, Alabama, you know, uh, Arkansas came into the season ranked number eight. Alabama 52, Arkansas zero. You know, when you're a team that come into wow. the season early, ranked that high. I mean, Alabama, to me, you know, there were some questions coming in. They had to replace eight defensive starters. They haven't missed a beat. You're talking about physical, running the football, playing tough defense. I mean, I don't know if there's – the only team that I think ha- that has a chance of beating Alabama is LSU. I, I, I might agree with that. And, and, and you know, right now, that's going to be tough. And, you know, anything can happen in football if you turn the ball over. And the season's early. Yeah, it's early, but they're only going to get better. They're running the ball. And, and, and you know, I, I read something where Alabama's linemen – they actually get mad when they call a pass play because they feel they can blow anybody off the line of scrimmage. And I tell you what, like when I watched that Michigan game, they, you're talking about controlling the line of scrimmage, firing off the ball, and just beating people into the ground. That's what you're going to get when you get Alabama. You, you, you better bring your pads, and you better be ready to strap them up. And uh, LSU, ranked number two, Alabama number one, enough said. The SEC – it's the most dominant conference in college football until somebody prove it different. So it's a Sports Info UM consensus. Offensive lines win ball games, win I championships. I'd say that. Offensive line, offense win games, defense win championships. And Alabama, as good as they their offense is, running the ball, controlling the line of scrimmage, they get after you on defense. It's almost like watching the 49ers team. Nick Saban is one of the best defensive coaches in, in all of football on any level. He's in a class of his own. So he can yell and scream anytime he wants. Yeah, but he had to get there, and he, he did, got yeah, there he by yelling and screaming. Uh, he, 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 he got there by a lot of hard work, too, though. And this, and this guy's been around, too. Pros, I tell you what, college, what, what a week of national football. I mean, yeah, come on. You know, and before we go to football, go to the NFL, I want to make one more comment, guys. 
Penn, I got one Penn too. State got won the their first, first game, got the first victory over Navy. You need to play a little. Saturday. You need to play a little and, clap and, in the background and, for that. You know, come on, you know I think that's a great thing. I'm really they pulling be, for these guys at Penn State, man. Yeah, I want to see go. these I'm guys happy. win. I really want to see them win. These guys yeah. have nothing to do with whatever go went on at Penn State. True, but the, so the, the administration did. Hey, well, before the and, by, and by the way, Sandusky gets. His sentence tomorrow. October. And, and, it, and somewhere like several floors below the jail. Yeah. Hey, uh, you know, before we leave college, I got a hey, my Michigan Wolverine, 63. Oh, Massachusetts, 13. You know, Denard Robinson. Uh, we, we have to have a cupcake before we go off to yeah. Notre Dame and play them this week. You know, we're going to have a tough game this week versus a Notre Dame team that's ripe for upset. They're 3-0, and ranked number 11. And uh, Denard's coming in. We finally got some support on the running game um, to help him with the uh, running. Uh, Trusan is back at uh, 85 yards on 15 carries and a touchdown. So, uh Go blue. We will be Notre Dame. You heard it here first on Sports Info UM. Notre Dame will be Miami. We'll lose to Michigan. But it didn't make sense that Michigan went from number 17 to number 18 with a win. It didn't make sense. And by the way, Miami is in the top 100. Okay. Whoa. Good news. And we play Georgia Tech this week. And in Atlanta. So Another hey, loss. We'll see what happens, man. Hey, man. You know, you guys can knock us now because we're down a little bit, but we're still holding on to these five national championship rings that we own. Hey, man, we got oh. about we got about eight or nine of them. The yeah, most I'm victories, just saying, I'm just most victories. Yeah, let's yeah. go ahead. All right, You're man. You're listening to Sports Info UM. Sam Sword, Daryl Oliver. The telephone number to call in three eight six five two three thirteen eighty. You're welcome. Hey, let's go a little bit into this NFL, man. You know, it was some great games on yesterday. Wow. Is San Francisco 49ers, are they the best team in the NFL right now? I tell you what, it's going to be hard to argue. The only team that I can say that uh, right now that I would uh, put in the class of the 49ers is the Houston Texans. Uh, but the San Francisco 49ers, they, they play a physical, physical brand of football. They're going to run the ball. They're going to run the ball. They're going to run the ball. They're going to play action past you uh, with Vernon Davis, uh, Randy Moss, Mario Manningham, Crabtree. And, uh, you know, a lot of people talk about Alex Smith, man, not being a quarterback, what he can and can't do. He hasn't thrown an interception in 216 passes, the franchise record. And the last time I checked, some pretty good quarterbacks played for the San Francisco 49ers. Not that he's in the class of those guys, but I think he's the right quarterback for the for the brand of football that Jim Harbaugh wants to play. And defensively, when you can stop the um, run with seven guys in the box and get pressure on the quarterback with four four guys rushing, it's going to be tough to um, tough to beat you and uh you can get very creative with your blitz packages and doubling wide receivers so the san francisco 49ers uh beat a detroit team that's offensively has a lot of firepower they were inside the san francisco 49ers 30 yard line six times and they ended up with 12 points that tells you that's a defense that that uh bends but don't break and really get after you and they got Frank Gore in the backfield. The University of Miami, baby. Frank he's Gore. Been he's been led by Michigan. He's been led by Michigan man. Back, he is. He's, he's a, a heck of a, a running, back. running back. Very physical. <laughs> oh man, that Frank Gore is something else, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, he's a good. Player. Hey, but um, yesterday, man, I saw the I saw the Pittsburgh Steelers beat up on the New York Jets, and the Jets seemed like they were out of sync the entire game. I mean, they never really got into it. And uh, I don't know whether it was Tim Tebow didn't get on the field enough or – 
whether the Jets just didn't have it in a tank yesterday. But Pittsburgh seemed to dominate that game from beginning to end. Tim Tebow, the first play out of scrimmage, he ran for 22 yards whenever he went in for Sanchez. Uh, picked up, you know, some yards on the ground, but really only that series did you see him play. I don't know why Sanchez was out. When it came down to third and long, they put Sanchez back in and he didn't convert. Wait, uh, so what are you saying, Roland? They should play Tim more? I'm just saying. I'm I, asking I think, I think that they're confused over their offense. I don't know what they want to be when they grow up. I, I think they should. As much as I like Tim Tebow, he's a different style, and their their primary uh, offense is set up under Mark Sanchez. Let him let him breathe. And, and Mark Sanchez wasn't much better. When you only complete 10 passes out of 27 attempts, I mean, it's going to be tough to beat anybody in the NFL. Sure. But, uh, you know, you got to tip your hat to Pittsburgh. They, uh, they, lost, they, they lost to a, a, a tough Denver team led by a... a uh, or recuperated mm-hmm. Peyton Manning. And, you know, Lamar Woodley came out this week and said that they will not be 0-2. They're going to um, come home and they're going to get a victory. Went out, and they hey, they set the tone. And that defense is – when you think Pittsburgh, you think about guys running the ball downhill and them playing tough defense, and that's what they did. And uh, imagine how much better they're going to be when they get Troy Palmalu back and James Harrison. Yeah, I, I, w- I would agree with that. Hey, man, the San Diego Chargers just pounded the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Chris Johnson, 21 yards in the last two games. Hey, Unbelievable. Uh, you talk about a, a Pro Bowl superstar for the last few years. Last year he held out, came back, didn't do anything. This year it seemed like he has a layover. For, uh, uh, he's doing the same thing he did last year. You know they say when he pull up to the building and pick up his check, he he turns around and he make a beeping noise. Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> you know he right now he's holding them hostage. He's uh he's counting a lot against the salary cap and uh you know pedestrian numbers. Uh, 19 carries, 21 yards, 1.1 yard average, a long of seven. I mean to, to be making seven eight million dollars average a year. Uh, you yeah. know, you know that's tough. Yeah, that I'm sure tough. it's frustrating for him. And uh, you know, he called his offensive lineman out. That the one, tough. the one, the one thing about a running back, you know, you can't carry the ball and block. He he has some talent, but you know, he's on probably one of the worst four or five uh, teams in all of football. And uh, they have they have some work cut out. They have their work cut out for him in uh, Tennessee. Well, it's it's hard to be that guy when you pick up a check for like three hundred and fifty thousand dollars every two weeks. You know, it's hard. It's, it's, it's kind of hard to. Rough for 21 yards in two games when you're making that kind of money. Yo, hey, man, in Miami, Florida, the Oakland Raiders went down to the wow. Dolphins. That took me by surprise. You know, my former team, I was I was rooting for the Oakland Raiders. Uh, was uh, very, very impressed. Uh, Reggie Bush put on a show. He had, a, he had just an unbelievable run for a touchdown where he kind of hopped over a guy, uh, had to put his hand down on the ground to catch his balance, and he also had a long run. Finished with uh, 172 yards, but uh, you know the rookie uh, Ryan Tannenhill, uh, he bounced back. He played well. He looked well. Uh, 18 to 32 on the yards and a touchdown. He looked like the guy that they want to lead their franchise in the future. And uh, you know, congratulations to the Miami Dolphins for getting that first victory of the year. And uh, what more can you say? Hey. Reggie Bush looked really, really, really good, man. And, you know, a lot of people say Bush can't run between the tackles. You know, Bush is a third-down type of running back. Uh, you know, Bush made the comment yesterday that uh, whatever he's been asked to do, he's willing to do it to help the team that he's been on. He's he's always done what was asked of him. And uh, he's always uh, 
held steady that if if he's allowed to run between the tackles, that's something that he can do. He's very confident. He's he's a very special player, and uh, you have to be creative as an offensive coordinator and how you utilize a, a rare talent like that. But uh, I I tell you what, uh, another game that uh, that I watched and uh, was very excited about. Uh, What's the Rams and Washington Redskins? Just just a good football game that came down to the wire. Uh, RG three, he is uh, he's he is the real deal. There, real. There's no doubt about that. Uh, you know, last week we had a call and asked, hey, do you think the coach and Redskins got it right? I, I think both teams got it right. They both got the right guys guys to fit their system. But uh, just a great game. Uh, so what are what are your thoughts on that game? The Rams uh, look very much improved. Well, I think the most improved position for the Rams is their coach, Jeff Fisher. They finally got it right at that position. And I think Jeff Fisher is going to bring a, a hard-working attitude to this team, and he's going to bring a winning attitude to this team. And I think Sam Bradford has finally gotten a, got a coach that's going to that's gonna really support his strengths. And his strength is really dropping back, throwing the ball. So I expect some big things from the Rams this year. Maybe not the playoffs this year, but it's gonna be they, they're going to be in the hunt for a lot of games this year. When you talk about coaches that make a difference, there was some controversy with our in-state Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Of course, they lost to the New York Giants 41-33, to but there was a controversial play in the end, wasn't there, Sam? Uh, yes, very controversial play. Uh, a lot of people's talking about it. And, uh, you know, Greg Schiano, rookie coach, uh, uh, the Giants line up to run what I call the best play in football. When you, when you can... Uh, Bring your running backs up close. You have the protector behind the quarterback. You're going to kneel the ball. You're going to run out the clock after a, a hard-fought game. And, uh, you know, Tampa Bay Buccaneers didn't have any timeout. They tried to really get some penetration and force a fumble. And, uh, on Eli co- Manning. Yeah, on Eli Manning. Knocked down some of the linemen. Just, uh, you know, a lot of controversy. But my thing is, is when you, when you, when you strap it up, there's no such thing as taking a playoff. You know, there's no unwritten rule that those guys can't fire off the ball. You know, uh, normally in that situation, teams uh, wave the white flag and surrender because the team's not trying to line up and get a cheap touchdown or anything. So, uh, you know, I can see why Coach Coughlin was upset with that play. But, uh, you know, hey. Here's what happens next time, though. You guys know that football players do have memories. And whenever these two teams play again, that play will be remembered. That play that, will definitely be and remembered. And that could cost the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It could cost somebody. It could cost them to lose one of their players to a cheap shot, or a guy from the Giants saying, "Hey, I'm just going to the whistle. We're going to play to the whistle, like your coach said." Right. And, and you know, it's sad that that play took away from the great game oh, that it was. it was. You're talking Good about point. to me that was Good the point. best game of all of Sunday. It was. And you're Eli right. Manning, three interceptions in the first half, and you're talking about a Rocky Balboa performance, bouncing back, throwing. For over 200 and throwing for 295 yards in the second half, 243 yards and two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Man, you're talking about a game. And, uh, you didn't know who was going to win that game. How about game? Victor Cruz? You know, he lost his grandmother, went to the funeral on Friday. He caught an 80-yard bomb. He did a somber. He did a little somber salsa and pointed to the sky. Just uh, He caught it for her, no yeah, doubt. There, there is, it, it, there it is football grandma. in heaven. Hakeem Nix, 199 yards, one TD. But, like you say, Eli Manning, man, 510 yards, over 200 yards in the fourth quarter. Wow, what a performance by him, man. You know, his fourth quarter was better than a lot of guys' whole game. 
He was eighteen. Yeah. He was eight of thirteen for two hundred forty-three yeah, yards exactly. and two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Tannehill didn't throw that much for the whole game. Yeah. yeah. Hey, but in, uh, on on the other hand, Bradshaw went out on went out of that game with a neck injury, and um, he's a key key player for that offense. Let's see what happens with him. You listen to Sports Info. Give us a call three eight six five two three thirteen eighty. We'll be right back with more Sports Info UM. Livingston, Warrington, and Sword, PA, a full-service law firm located at 20 Airport Road, Suite A, Palm Coast, Florida, serving Volusia, St. John's, Flagler, and Putnam Counties, practicing in the areas of bankruptcy, divorce, and child support, injunctions, criminal defense, foreclosure defense, real estate, probate, and general business litigation. Need help? Call Livingston, Warrington, and Sword, PA, at 386-437-5833. The number again is 386-437-5833. For an appointment and mention this ad and your consultation is on the house. Livingston, Wolverton, and Sword, PA. Attorneys at Law. The obvious choice. a spin on so much that's going on. It will be hard to fit it all into the promo. We'll talk about the weekend games, what to look forward to, hot topics in the news, spin it old school, which gives a back-in-the-day approach from Chuck, a no-spin zone where Chuck gives an unbiased opinion and lets you do the same. Chuck will be taking us around town and around the world with news, happenings, and more. It's football, news, and happenings. Tune in for Spin It with Chuck Foreman, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Has your insurance been canceled or non-renewed? Have your premiums increased dramatically? Are you looking for a new agent? Why don't you call Accord Insurance located in Palm Coast, Florida today? Accord Insurance offers home, flood, auto, business, life, and health insurance at affordable rates from A-rated carriers. Talk to an Accord Insurance agent today. 386 386- 447-8950 or www.accordinsurancepalmcoast.com Accord Insurance, Volusia and Flagler County's premier insurance agency providing you with quality insurance you can afford. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on The Voice America Sports Channel. Tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 386 523 1380. That's 386 523 1380. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. There was really football in heaven, and they would come back and tell their friend. And true to nature, one passed away, went on their way to heaven. And then true to his word, he came back to his heavenly friend, and he said, well, I've got good news and bad news. And his earthly friend said, well, what's the good news? He says, there's football in heaven. 
and his earthly friend said, well, what could be the bad news? He says, well, you're kicking off tomorrow. <laughs> I like that, Roland. Hey, well, yesterday the Cardinals kicked off into the Patriots. <laughs> and, wow, you know, man, this guy, I guess Gronkowski, he was he was a uh, – he, he got caught for holding on a touchdown late in the game that would have put the Patriots up. The Patriots end up kicking a field goal and missing the field goal. End up losing to the Cardinals of all people. And could you tell me how the Cardinals won without Larry Fitzgerald not having a, a big game, a little four game? Four yards. You know, I, I know that because a game I have at a, all. he's my fantasy wide receiver. He had four yards. But, you know, you got to tip your hat to the Cardinals to go in to Foxborough and, and just grind out a tough victory. Uh, you know, New England. New England lost at home. They had their opportunities to win the game. And, uh, you know, we, as a coach, you always tell your players one play don't win or lose a football game. So, you know, there was more to it than just that one play. That one play was very costly to the Patriots, but it didn't cause them to lose the game, the holding penalty. They also, that kicker had a, a great day. Yeah, he kicked he two field goals over 50 yards. I think he had four total field goals, and he missed a 42-yard chip shot. And, uh, you know, I like what Tom Brady said at his press conference, you know. Uh, those those two plays didn't lose us the game. There were a lot of plays within the game that cost us the ball game. And uh, you know, to me that's the mark of a, of a championship team. You know, they they don't point the finger. They don't they don't blame, play the blame game. They uh they they stick together as a family, win and lose. And uh, it was a tough defeat for them. But you also have to tip your hat to Arizona for going to New England and winning. And uh, it wasn't pretty. But at the end of the day, it's all about getting a W. Let me ask you a question. You know, Wes Welker had five, recep- five receptions for 95 yards. But don't look like they're making an effort to go to him like they have in the past years. Is Wes Welker in the doghouse, or he says getting up in age and they just don't count on him like they used to? To be honest, I think it's more that uh, New England is, is – is shifting from more of a four and five wide receiver team to now where they're going two and three tight end sets, and uh, and I think that's a, a issue. They have an issue with their offensive line, and when you have two or three tight ends in the game, you can keep one in to pass protect, and you can send out Hernandez and Gronkowski, and and uh, that's what allowing them to they're being successful that. Successful with that formula. When you got two tight ends that you've invested sixty to seventy million dollars in, that just lets you know what you think of those guys. And, and I mean, they are they are great players. Yeah, and honestly, um, I, I look at this New England team when I just look at them on paper. Tom Brady's getting up in age. Their offensive line is not what it used to be, and I just don't see this team being a playoff team this year. Uh, I, I will raise you. Uh, I'll raise you on that. I don't. I'm not a poker player, but I know I'll, I'll bet you, and I'll raise you. I, I I just don't see. There's no way New England missed the playoffs. I mean, you're talking about that's a franchise, and I think uh, New England's going to challenge Houston for a spot in the Super Bowl because uh, the one knock on no, on New England was their defense, and their defense have played a lot better this year. They 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 made that a focus in the draft. They've done a really good job with that, and uh, you know. You're not going to hold Tom Brady down for long. So eventually the offense will hit, hit their stride, and uh, New England will do well. Now, is that your fantasy football talking? 
<laughs> no, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't have any of them. I'm just, I, I'm okay. a Tom, I'm right. a Tom Brady fan, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah we know. And, and, uh, and just New England. I mean, I'm a Bill Belichick fan. You know, he's and done, he's done, he's done a great too. job of turning that franchise around and, uh, and just being competitive for the last ten years, man. That, that's hard to do in this day and age with free agency. You, I'm gonna tell you this. I really think that the two tight end set that Bill Belichick has made successful the last two years, I think the NFL is caught up with it, and I think it is catching up with it. And I think that he's going to have to make some adjustments. And I'm not so sure Belichick is willing to make the adjustment. And I just don't think. I, I still think speed wins, and, the, and the, the the Patriots are not nearly as fast as a lot of teams in the NFL. And I think that's going to hurt them. They're also getting the, they're also getting the, um, a lot better run production this year out of uh, Stephen Ridley. So uh, w- w- what do great coaches do? They make Adjust. adjustments. They make adjustments. And, you know, you, you're talking about one of the greatest coaches of all time. So I, I think that's kind of tough for you to sit here and say that Bill Belichick is not going to make adjustments, man. You're talking about one of the best coaches in the game. You know, yesterday they ran for 90 yards. They got to make adjustments, man. Uh, we, we uh, okay, could, and they went to Super Bowls running for probably 60, 70 yards. But, and they and haven't he, won since when? But, but at least and they haven't won since but, they but had what a I like is back. They are putting the emphasis on the run game. Instead of just throwing the three, four yards, passes they're actually running the ball where you have to actually respect them you know if if you a team if you can hold a team on 100 yards rushing you're going to have success baltimore philadelphia yesterday michael vig still seems to be struggling a little bit they although they beat uh, uh philadelphia baltimore beat philadelphia michael vick seems to be struggling still you know, I think uh, no, Philadelphia I, I, beat Baltimore. Yeah, Philadelphia, Philadelphia beat Baltimore, Baltimore yes. 24-23. And, right. uh, you know, you, people can uh, – Vic takes a lot of criticism, man. I mean, he was accurate yesterday. When you complete 23 or 32 passes for 371 yards, I mean, <laughs> that is um, – that's accurate to me, you know. 23 or 32. <laughs> 371 yards, touchdown. He two did, interceptions, He did have man. two interceptions. Yeah. But sometimes, you know, a tip ball is not the quarterback's fault. A guy running the wrong route is not a quarterback's fault. And, and sometimes you have to see the game within the game to, to realize that. Because sometimes if you're just looking at the stat sheet and you don't see it and, and realize what's going on, you can say, oh, Michael Vick did this. Philly's issue is that it's going to eventually bite them when you turn the ball. You're not going to consistently turn the ball over four times a week and be successful in the NFL. You know that. Good point. That they they're going to be all right. And uh, you know it was a controversial call in that game too. You know the yeah. the, the replacement referees. Yeah, what uh, was that about? They're doing their best, but the the guy was staring at Michael Vick when the defensive lineman was hitting him, and uh, you can clearly see Vick's arm going forward, and he was waiting on the other refs to make the call, and and they huddled up. Up and eventually ruled the ball for Baltimore. Thank God for uh, instant replay. You know, uh, my biggest issue is just them being so indecisive. If you're going to rule it a fumble, just call it right away and, and own it. And then you can make, you can correct it with instant uh, replay. But just sitting there and and waiting for somebody else to make the call, that just shows that those guys weren't prepared. And uh, you know, not a knock on them. Sometimes it's going fast. No one's perfect. I think they did an adequate job the first week. Had some issues. And uh, you know, Joe Flacco came out and said that he thinks that the um, replacement refs are are uh, affecting the integrity of the game. And uh, you know, Roger Goodall is all about the integrity of the game. Uh, with the suspensions and everything is to to clean up the game. So, you know, it that that's gonna that's kind of a tough pill to swallow. So, how long? How much longer do you th- see these referees being out while while you're on that subject? I, I think every week 
that the replacement refs make mistakes and everybody's talking about it. It puts more pressure on the NFL to get a job done. It gives the, the real refs, uh, more leverage. Not that these are play refs because I mean, these are, these are great refs to, to be in position. They're the next wave of refs, referees anyway. Absolutely. So you know that they just maybe need a little yeah, bit more one training. One by one, one or two yeah. per game. But I think they're doing an overall good job. When you have the volume of plays that are being done, yeah. I, I'm, I'm very impressed with yeah. what they've done. And, and everybody, you know, it's natural for you to magnify the problems. And, and, and the one thing that I will say that the players are doing is they're taking advantage of of, of the, their lack of knowledge or gray areas for some of these replacement referees. Because if you watch wide receivers run routes now, after five yards, that that's a penalty. It's called illegal contact. And a lot of these referees, they're not calling the illegal contact uh, penalty after five yards. Well, I'll tell you what, Michael Vick won. One point, 100 points, Michael Vick, Michael Vick won. Michael Vick has thrown like six interceptions in the last two games. Can't win like that, man. Michael Vick won. Can't win throwing six interceptions in two games. He won. I would agree with that. They're 2-0. and oh. <laughs> Hey. Hey, uh, another thing before, you know, we're, we're running out of time. You know, uh, big news today in the NFL. Uh, you know, Jonathan Vilma, he met with the commissioner. The commissioner handed him a sworn affidavit from uh, former defense coordinator Greg Robinson. Now, this is a guy that's out because of? NFL, NFL bounty. You got it. For the NFL bounty. So, uh, but the, the one thing that I, I, I think people don't realize on this is that Godall must show that the players had the intent to injure. That's what must be proven. It doesn't matter if there was a bounty, if they were playing, if they were paying to, um, for big hits and all of that stuff. That's a salary cap issue. That's out of Godal's area. He has to prove that the players were trying to intentionally hurt another player. And I think that's what sometimes is, is, is misleading in this. And he the was players, the judge, jury trial, yeah. everything. And the players and, and the coaches have, have, uh, they signed the form, uh, a sworn affidavit saying that they did not intentionally try to injure players. So that's the gray area that has to be sorted out with these suspensions. And we should do it off season anyway. Yeah. If there, if it's off season, that's why God made fines. <laughs> and also a score update, Atlanta seven, Denver zero, Ooh, first quarter. Okay. Hey, you know, I want to, I want to make one comment about this bounty thing before we get out of here. You know, if you go to a high school game or a college game, or when we watch them on television, when we see all of these stickers on the back of these helmets, what do, they, what do you think these stickers are for? They're for big plays, they're for touchdowns, they're for fumbles, they're for interceptions, and they're for big hits. So now, it, 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 this starts in high school, man. You know, these kids are getting stickers on their helmet for big hits, for big tackles, for tackles for loss. You know, come on. I, I just can't. I just can't condone this thing that we call bounty uh, paper. Woman Beach is in the backyard of Daytona Beach in NASCAR. Brad Keselowski leading the Cup chase right now. We'll do some more NASCAR next week. I'd like to thank everybody for listening to another show of Sports Info UM on WELE thirteen eighty and the Voice America Network. Feel free to give us a call next week three eight six five two three thirteen eighty. Have a good week, everybody. Thanks again for listening. Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword will be back again next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel.